Well, welcome to a special edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's a movie Tuesday sort of thing. Uh, great new movie release. And we have the book that inspired this movie uh, to be the source of our discussion for the first half hour and a very special guest to introduce it. Let's get started right now on today's edition of the Bottom Line. Well, special guest joining me today here on the Bottom Line Show for a special topic of conversation, Dr. David Jeremiah, who's the uh, pastor at Shadow Mountain Church in San Diego and also uh, the teaching pastor on the Turning Point Ministry that you've heard on K-Bright, KCBC, and all across Crawford Broadcasting for so many years, has a thriving television ministry as well. And we're going to talk video here today. Uh, Dr. Jeremiah has a book called Why the Nativity that has also been made into a documentary motion picture, and it's playing just about everywhere. It's in theaters right now and streaming on a lot of different services as well. Dr. David Jeremiah, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, appreciate the, the the work that you do, obviously, with the excellent Bible teaching of uh, Shadow Mountain and Turning Point. But thinking about after three decades, basically, of uh, producing this kind of programming for uh, you know audiences each and every year, uh, you know, you think about this now. Turning Point is turning to streaming platforms here to present this docudrama called Why in the Nativity. First of all, kind of give us a, a ninety second overview of what we can find, what we can expect in this documentary. Well, it's it's based on a book I wrote back in 2006, which asks 25 questions about Christmas that most people don't know the answers to. And mm. that book became kind of the source. It was it was turned into a, a movie script, and um, we created a one hour and 25 minute movie out of it. And it is it's not shot in video; it's cinematography. It is one gorgeous, uh, beautiful movie. But it tells the story of Christmas and in the process answers some of the questions people have about why did the wise men not show up at the manger but came so much later? Or how did Joseph handle the fact that he found out his wife-to-be was pregnant and he knew it wasn't him? And all of those things, and they're, they're literally uh, answered in that movie in such a creative way. I didn't write the script. Um, we have a creative guy on our staff named Paul Joyner who did all that. I did the narration, and um, and God is really using it right now in ways that we never dreamed. I was going to say, exceeding abundantly, far beyond what you could ever ask or imagine. I mean, it must be really gratifying when you write a book like this a couple of decades ago and say that this is something that I, I God's laid on my heart to help ask and answer a lot of the questions that Christians don't even know that they don't have an answer for. But then to see it come together in, a, in an era right now where arguably people listen more with their eyes mm -hmm. than with their ears these days. And so the, this putting this on the big screen, what was it like for you the first time you saw it on the big well, screen? Well, it was, it was amazing. We had, a, we had a premiere up in uh, the Regal Theater in L.A. Mm -hmm. And a lot of um, movie people were there uh, who some of them had helped with it. Others were just invited as guests. And I think everybody was totally shocked at the incredible quality of it because it is, you know, I, I, I want to say this in the right way and not in an, any mean-spirited way. This movie cannot be um, compared to other Christian movies. This is a Hollywood movie, and I say that uh, knowing that what I'm talking about is just the incredible quality that is in the production itself. It is one beautiful. And... You know, we put it on YouTube uh, two weeks ago, and it has now gone over nine million views. Wow! wow. It's the There's number, a lot of people. Number oh, one ahead. movie on on YouTube, believe it or not. I think that 
That well, I, I'm not surprised, and, and because there are so many people who are looking, especially, and this is not just pandemic related, but I, you've sensed this too, Dr. David Jeremiah. I'm sure that more and more people, it, they'll say what they want to on Facebook and Twitter and social media, but deep down, the hearts of all people are longing and searching and 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 looking for some kind of hope. Uh, what kind of responses are you getting from people? outside the church we're seeing this for the first time and saying wow i didn't realize there was so much more to christmas than just what i've been taught well you know there's a there's a movie rating group that rates all movies and it only has four uh wars we got the top one and nice and that helps a lot because that gives uh integrity to the movie and for people who may not be into uh spiritual things and we've just mm -hmm. been getting emails from all over the country you know the movie released uh in europe it's in, I forget how many theaters, over 100 theaters in, uh, in the UK. We just got a picture yesterday. It was, it was an amazing thing. Uh, it was a, a video of a group of people in a church in the Philippine Islands. It looks like a mm. Catholic church. It may just be a, a liturgical building, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a Catholic church. Right. And it shows the people in there sitting in, in the church building watching Why the Nativity in their church in the Philippine Islands. And uh, it's all over Australia and, and all the areas. So uh, we're just so thrilled that God has... I told somebody the other day, I know God likes this film, and they asked me why. I said, well, if you were a father and somebody shot a video of your son's birth in, mm. in brilliant color and surround sound, you'd like that, wouldn't you? I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think God liked that. Oh, I love this too. Dr. David <laughs> Jeremiah. <clears throat> Dr. David Jeremiah is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. We're talking about the theatrical release of the documentary movie called Why the Nativity. We've got the link for the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, Dr. David Jeremiah, you've committed, I mean, a lot of people have spent time over the years, you know, in media ministry, focusing a lot on radio, a lot on uh, now eventually the internet and the written word. You've always had a good handle on the video side of things as well. Was <coughs> it, has it been a big transition for you to be able to, you know, see that more and more people, I mean, radio ministry is still important, obviously terrestrial and whatever, but, but the video portion is probably now more important than ever before. Would you agree? Well, I can just tell you that, um, you know, we're, um, we're on over 3,000 radio stations in America, and most of them were on two or three times. So I don't know how many impressions that is, but somewhere between seven and 9,000 uh, hearings per day, uh, releases in America. But uh, next to television, radio is, is strong and stable, but it can't compete in terms of new names, in terms of financial response, in terms of penetration of a market. So, I mean, if you're trying to get the gospel out, you got to realize that radio, you know, we started with the radio and it, it was a really strong and still is. And I have to tell you, the honest truth is I'm a radio guy more than I am. Yeah. A, 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 I started out in radio as I was just thinking about this yesterday. I was a disc jockey in Springfield, Ohio for, oh, for two fun. years. I, I, put, uh -huh. uh, I worked the 3 to 11 shift and put, it was a Christian station. I put uh -huh. on all of the... All of the back then it was seven inch reels uh, that had uh -huh. programming on it. I, I, I learned how to uh, back time a record uh, so that when you push the button, it actually started and didn't, you didn't right. hear a long pause. I did all that <laughs> stuff. I did the weather, I, I did the news. And so I uh -huh. love radio. I've always loved radio. But <clears throat> I realize how powerful television is and how powerful the movie sector is. And so we don't want to stop doing either one. And, of course, the new one for me that I'm just learning about is uh, 
social media. I mean, YouTube social media. And mm-hmm. we've just put that up there, and it's gone crazy. And, you know, you stop and think about how wonderful it is. You, you watch a movie on YouTube, and you like it, and at the bottom, there's a little thing that says share. All you got to do is push that button and put another address in. And it, so people not only watch it, but they share it, and it becomes... Uh, it just becomes explosive because that way everybody finds out about it. And little by little, it becomes um, it becomes a thing. I'm really grateful for that. Well, this certainly is a wonderful project, especially this time of year. Dr. David Jeremiah, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Barsh. Of course, you hear Dr. Jeremiah as the host on the Turning Point radio program. And, of course, it's a television ministry. And now this great new movie, Why the Nativity? We have a link for the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com. And I'll give you a hint. We have a couple copies of the book to give away. If you want to call in right now, you can. 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Two copies of the book, Why the Nativity, which is the basis, of course, for this outstanding new documentary by Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point Ministries. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Dr. David Jeremiah is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. We're talking about the brand new movie called Wine the Nativity, which is in theaters now through January the 6th and, and streaming in a variety of different places. We'll put a link for the film up at thebottomlineshow.com. There, there's a tendency for us in the body of Christ, Dr. Jeremiah, to say, I'm looking for a good Christmas movie. And let's go see one together. Or let's, you know, nowadays, let's watch the stream or, you know, find something mm-hmm. on YouTube. And I'm sure there are a lot of Christians who are going to see this and saying, okay, I know what this is. I mean, I'm not going to be surprised, <laughs> you know, I mean, because I've, I've been a Christian my whole life. What are what, some of the bigger surprises that people who've even been walking with the Lord for a while, what are the, the mysteries of the nativity that are hiding in plain sight that you bring to light in this movie? Well, you know, it's just the whole background and, and the setting of it. Uh, I think most people are surprised to find out how young Joseph and Mary really were. They weren't in their mm-hmm. mid-20s. They were in their mid to late teens. Um, I think the, the the beauty of the movie is it, it shows a little of the romance of of, uh, of Mary and Joseph uh, in the sense of you just seeing the look on their faces and playing against uh, the, the narrative that goes behind it. I think uh, a lot of people w- will be surprised at the uh, antagonism uh, that uh, the people of, of God faced in, in the Roman Empire and how... Uh, Rome came after them for taxes, and they didn't do it nicely. I think it will. I think they'll be surprised as they see the agony of Mary's journey. The journey, the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem was ninety miles. Mm. And I always thought, you know, you, you for some reason you think the journey is from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, which is just a little right. journey, but the journey from uh, Nazareth to Bethlehem was ninety miles. Uh, with a donkey and walking much of the way, uh, and and the hardship of that, and and then of course um, we expanded uh, the wise men a little bit because we thought that it it, it it was it's not really clear that there were three of them, and we mm-hmm. we wanted to show that the eastern uh, people came, and at one place in this movie um, there are nine different uh, nations represented. And uh, let me tell you, my favorite thing about this movie is, uh, and I have a lot of them, but this is, I think, my favorite. The guy who wrote the score to this movie uh, has written many of the uh, Disney scores. 
And hmm. he wrote this and sent the score to me before the movie was created. And I told him at the wow. premiere, um, I said, um, I heard the score before I saw the movie, but I saw the movie in my head when I heard the score because yeah. it was yeah. it was so dramatic. I mean, yeah. the, the soundtrack for this movie is unbelievable. And yeah. uh, it... You know, I, I don't know how much our listeners know about how these movies go together, but, you know, it's all shot, then it's edited, then it goes back to the person who did the soundtrack, and they make sure that the soundtrack matches what's going on on the screen. I mean, I'm not sure how they can do this. And the other thing that I was uh, really surprised at was how real the CGI stuff was. For instance, we built Bethlehem out here uh, 14 minutes from our headquarters building on a farm, and, uh -huh. and and the, the the gate to the city and all of the you know, the substantive things are just you know they're they're pure biblical you know they came right out of the scripture and they have a thing they call uh, dressing the set when they dressed the set they made sure everything looked so authentic mm -hmm. but we couldn't create the whole city of Bethlehem we couldn't we couldn't do that but we didn't need to we had the front end and the inside and CGI came and made a, a city out of it which is uh, wow. Uh, and so you see it, and you say, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that was there. <laughs> and, it, and So all of a sudden, you see the whole city of Bethlehem. They did the same thing in the heavens during some of the heavenly scenes uh, that are toward the end of the movie. So we had the best of everyone working on this at the highest level, um, the very best cameras that money can buy, and people from uh, the business of making movies helping us. And you know what? God used that whole production to really minister to a lot of professional people. Mm, okay. When the, when we struck the movie and, and had to get done with it and all that, there were tears and hugging and and people, you know, I don't know all about the movie industry, but I understand that on some occasions it's not a happy place to be when you're working there. But we made this, uh, we wanted people to see this is how the community of Christ lives and works when they're doing something special and there was prayer and hugging and praying for people who were going through stuff. And, you know, it was just, it was an amazing experience. The movie itself is great, but making it was almost even greater because of how God showed. And we had a lot of challenges. We were halfway through this when COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And so we had to shut it all down and come back and everything was much more expensive. And we, we, we had to really trust God during this time to get this done, but he's been faithful. You know, I'm talking with Dr. David Jeremiah today here on The Bottom Line about the movie Why the Nativity, which is in theaters now. And, of course, you can see the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com. I'm glad you had such a great experience, Dr. Jeremiah, on the set because uh, people don't realize, you know, we'll, we'll see a story like this and we might see, you know, uh, four or five characters, ten, maybe a couple of crowd scenes and stuff. But you had nearly a thousand people working on this set at one point, did you yeah. not? I mean, it was a yeah. huge crew. And most days there were a couple hundred people on the set. Yeah everywhere yeah. and they were working behind and working in me in the present and working ahead of time to get everything ready we, yeah. you know the interesting thing is we it took us all this time um several weeks um doing this we didn't have one rainstorm uh, it was really wow. hot uh, hot a couple of days uh, we yeah. have a list of how much water we drank and a lot of stuff like that that's pretty amazing <laughs> but uh and, and live animals we had f we had uh, five camels and we had um nice. 30 some sheep and we had a really interesting if you got a moment we have a really interesting yeah. thing happened by the sheep i went there one day with my wife because she heard 
that the animals were going to be shot that day, and not not literally shot, but right <laughs> at the filming. <laughs> filmed, <that's> right. <laughs> uh, but um, when we got there, uh, Paul Joyner, the director, came to me and he said, "I want you to meet this guy. He's uh, they call him the Wrangler. Uh, what he does is he gets the animals uh, that we need for the for the viewing, and so okay. he procured the camels and." Uh, he, he, I met him. He's, a, he's an older guy, white beard, white hair. And he, he said, yeah. you don't want to tell you my story. I said, okay. He said, we tried to get the sheep here. He said, I had them all set up and uh, we were renting them from this woman. And when she found out there were other animals on the set, she wouldn't let us have them. And this was like seven or eight days before we had to have them. Oh, no. And uh-huh. you, don't get a, you don't get any do-overs with some of this stuff because you've got a certain time schedule. You've got to keep it. So he said, I got on the internet. And I found this woman who had some sheep and might be willing to sell them. And she, I put my trailer behind my truck and drove down there. And she had 30 sheep, and they were in pretty good shape. And she said yeah. we, we could. He said I think he bought them. I'm not sure, but he said we could have them. And and he was talking with her, and he said, "Where did these sheep come from?" She said, "Well, they were brought here for another um, big deal. Don't know what it was." And she said they actually came from, uh, they came from Nazareth. Oh my! I said we had sheep from <laughs> Nazareth, holy sheep in our field, in our movie from Nazareth, and wow. he's. I said you're kidding me, aren't you? And he said, No, sir, I am not. That actually happened. Mm. These sheep are, they were born and 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 raised in their early days in Nazareth. So, there wow. were so many things like that that we saw that God did, and I don't think any of us who were involved in it. You know, my whole family was involved in it. My grandkids. Mm-hmm. I have two uh, oh, granddaughters man. who were out there every day. Uh, during nice. the time of that, there was a there was some cattle on the on the farm out there, and one of the one of the cows uh, had a baby and had a hard time with the baby, and <clears throat> the baby finally was born. And uh, my granddaughter was there trying to help, and they actually named the calf after her. So she's got oh, wow. a, she got a calf out there <laughs> named Zandy. Everybody teased her, but it, that, that was just it was just so much so much fun, so much work. Yeah, and yeah. now after three whole years of w- working on this, to see it, and to see how beautiful it is, and how God has got His hand on it, sir, I cannot tell you what that's like. Uh, and mm. uh, I don't know if we'll ever do it again, but we did it this time, and we saw God. Uh, as one of my friends said, uh, you know, God showed up and He showed off. <laughs> yeah, as rightfully so. I mean, yeah. as only He can. Dr. Yeah. David Jeremiah is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. We're talking about the new movie, Why the Nativity, which is in theaters now, and I highly recommend you go see it. Uh, Dr. Jeremiah, we've got a couple minutes left in our time together. I could We could tell stories for hours. I just love listening to you, uh, to share them and pull them off. Uh, what is your hope ultimately? I mean, obviously, everything you do is about preaching the gospel and, and seeking and saving the lost. But talk about what your hope is for this movie in particular right now. Well, I have a friend. Uh, I have a friend in India who named Satish Kumar. He's the pastor of Calvary Church there, which is, if not the largest church, one of the largest churches. I went there um, two years ago to preach for him on a Sunday. They have five services, and I preached to 100,000 people in one day. Wow. Wow. Uh, they have Christmas in their city. And they take over the city. They'll have 500,000 people at their Christmas mm. service this year. Man, guy, He's a tr- tremendous man. And he saw the, the video and he said, this has to come to India. So my first goal is this year between now and next Christmas, he is going to get it um, uh, dubbed into Hindi and Telugu. So it will cover the whole nation of India. The, the, mm. Not quite the large, but the largest nation in, in many respects going forward. 
billions of people to hear this. And it's, not, it's just, it came out in Spanish. In fact, uh, we have a Spanish church here, a part of Shadow Mountain. Uh, we'll have about a thousand Hispanics in the various places. And uh, they're going to see the film for the first time this week in Spanish. I haven't seen it. It wouldn't help me to see it because I don't understand right. Spanish. But, <laughs> yeah. but the, you know, the film is, is getting in, you know, I, I remember what happened with the Jesus film and how yes. God used that and it was translated into every language. I know we won't ever be able to do anything as, as broadly uh, re- received as that. But to tell the story of the birth of Jesus in the languages of the world in beautiful cinematography and with the true story being narrated uh, is a tremendous goal and dream. This film is not just for one year. I believe it's going to have a long shelf life, and I pray and hope that in the years ahead, instead of pulling Elf down off the shelf, um, (laughs) families will pull down Why the Nativity and remind themselves again why we celebrate this season. I've always told people, I believe it more than ever, the real story of Christmas is more exciting than any other story you could ever find. So don't go find a substitute. Go to the core. Get the real story. And then you can enjoy the other things. But we can't leave Christ out of Christmas. And this film puts Amen. him right in the center of it. Amen. Amen. Dr. David Jeremiah, we're talking about the <clears throat> brand new movie called Why the Nativity, which is available on Turning Point Television and Turning Point Plus. Uh, Fox Nation has it. It got a lifetime TV release for Christmas Day, which is amazing. And it's in theaters right now. We've got the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com. And Dr. David Jeremiah, I know this has been a crazy busy season for you and your team and everything. And we are so grateful for the time you've been generous enough to share with us today here on the program. Thanks for being with us here on The Bottom Line. Well, I'm sure you can tell it's not hard for me to be excited about this. <laughs> and, and talk to anybody about it. I'm I am the number one PR guy for this film because I believe that <clears throat> this is one of the ways we can reach into the darkness. You also know, as you mentioned, uh, when you do this and you poke a hole in the darkness of uh, Satan, he doesn't like it. So we've had a little bit of spiritual warfare here, and and I don't expect it's over. But we believe that God is in in, in control and. Uh, so thank you for talking to me about it, and God bless you and all your listeners, and, and let's don't forget about how important radio is. Great conversation today with Dr. David Jeremiah from Turning Point, and I highly recommend the documentary Why the Nativity. We've got a link for the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com, and there's information on how you can watch it. Uh, it's actually going to have, as I mentioned, a Christmas Day release on the Lifetime Network, which is huge. It's in theaters now through January 6th, and we have not one but two copies of the book called Why the Nativity. And we're going to have a feeding frenzy. I know it. 800-227-5278. Give Crystal a call and get your name in for the drawing for one of the two copies of Dr. David Jeremiah's book, Why the Nativity. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. The number to get you through to the bottom line. When you're injured in an accident, you just want to be treated like a human being. But when you are denied what you need to make a quick and full recovery, it can feel dehumanizing. Stephanie Cover puts her clients total healing first, and that means fighting for a settlement that respects you as a human being. The insurance companies don't necessarily care about why you need a settlement, but they know that it means they will lose money. Stephanie will stand up for a dollar amount that values your life and the full process of your complete restoration. Even when the insurance companies are doing their best not to pay you, you have a leg up because Stephanie Cover used to work for those same insurance companies. Getting you well positioned for your full physical, financial, and spiritual recovery is Stephanie's goal in working with you. 
Save her number now or call 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Then fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Law. Stephanie Cover. she knows the other side. My thanks again to one of the busiest men around, uh, Dr. David Jeremiah. How often do you get a chance to uh, have a conversation with someone like this uh, in the middle of... Uh, Holy Week, I mean, the, whole, the holiest weeks of the year. But Dr. Jeremiah, gracious with his time, and uh, we've loved having this conversation today here on the Bottom Line Show. The movie, Why the Nativity, is in theaters now. As I mentioned earlier, it'll be, it's on a, a couple of different networks. I think the Fox Network has it. Also, uh, Lifetime Network is going to show this on Christmas Day, which is huge. Pray for lots of people who ordinarily would not darken the doorway of a church to see this movie and see the gospel played out in the birth of Christ story being told this way. We have two copies of the book called Why the Nativity by Dr. David Jeremiah, and we're giving them away this half hour. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And I encourage you to give us a call. You know, I, I love what so many people are doing, whether it's Raymond Arroyo with his story about the wise men, David Jeremiah's movie here on Why the Nativity, which he mentioned started, uh, it went into production three years ago. They started filming it. By the way, everything that you see in that movie uh, enjoy it and then realize that uh, it's not the Middle East, it's San Diego <laughs> where they filmed it. And if you wonder, you know, San Diego, wow, how'd they make it look like the Middle East? Well, you can ask the same question about how they made Titanic, uh, you know, looked like it was off the coast of the East Coast, but it was actually in San Diego as well. Um, asking tough questions, challenging our traditionally held stories about the nativity. We don't want to fall asleep on this one. There are so much for us to learn each and every day. God's mercies are new every morning, and the Advent season gives us two opportunities. One, to anticipate the birth of Christ, and two, to celebrate and anticipate his return. Why in the Nativity Indeed? We have a link for the trailer for this movie up at thebottomlineshow.com. We'll take a quick break, and as we continue, how do you keep your wits about you during the holidays? We're going to dig into that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, welcome to another edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Depending on what your calendar says, I mean, it should say December 20th, but today or tomorrow is the first day of winter, so happy winter solstice to you. Happy winter solstice to you. Um, interesting uh the day got off to kind of an interesting start for a lot of our listeners on KCBC, our Bay Area affiliate, uh, with an earthquake. And I'll be honest with you, having been a lifelong California resident, um, earthquakes have not necessarily been a source of concern for me. Ever since the Silmar quake on my brother's birthday, his 10th birth, no, 6th birthday, 1971, was it? Uh, that was at seven point something, which was so loud in Southern California, you didn't realize it happened just around Los Angeles and San Fernando Valley. This one, though, and I don't want to give anyone the wrong idea, this one, the quake that ha happened this morning, uh, 6.4 magnitude, which is massive. It hit at 2.34 a.m. Pacific time, about 7.5 miles southwest of Ferndale, which is about 300 miles-ish north of San Francisco, so pretty much on your way to the uh, California-Oregon border. But there were 70,000-plus people who were without power for a, a period of time. And I know we have bottom-line listeners all up and down the state. And so if your home was affected, we, we're, you, please know you're in our prayers and uh, please follow the safety precautions that uh, uh, local uh, organizations are actually, you know, 
using in terms of you know what happens when there's an earthquake gas line issues and um, power issues and things of that nature but uh, you know I realized that in a state of 40 million people 70,000 people not having power doesn't sound like a, a huge deal but uh, the reality is um, it, it is and so we encourage you to uh, to take the necessary precautions a very interesting uh, ruling uh, involving a case that uh, we've been following here at the Bottom Line Show, and I think of our friends at Preborn when this happened here. Um, there, there's been a ruling by a federal judge who has blocked the state of California from enforcing a gun control plan um, that basically said the idea was, this is something that Governor Newsom said he wanted to, um, uh, you know, uh, he, he wanted to take a page out of the Republican playbook when it came to gun control. And the idea was that uh, the same type of atmosphere that surrounded the Texas abortion law that said uh, people in the state of Texas do have the right to turn in abortionists who are performing abortions illegally that have been knocked out by the, uh, the fetal heartbeat bill. And so Governor Newsom championed legislation that said, hey, look, people, uh, you know, just regular private citizens should be able to bring lawsuits against the manufacturers of illegal guns. And he said, well, okay, we'll use the same. If they're going to use this to stop abortion, then we're going to use this to stop gun control. Well, U.S. District Court Judge Roger Benitez of the Southern Southern District of California has issued not a temporary injunction. This is a permanent injunction against the provisions of the state gun law. He calls it the fee-shifting part. Um, And this is really interesting because uh, the, the judge, you know, issued a ruling that was pretty condemning. This is actually, this is in the opinion. Um, it's interesting because the, the fact that he quoted directly from Governor Newsom's criticisms of the Texas abortion law, he said, this is cynical. Um, it, it's an abomination. It's outrageous and objectionable. There's no dispute that it raises serious constitutional questions. Well, this is an unprecedented attempt to thwart judicial review. Now, in the Texas law, it makes abortion, the Texas fetal heartbeat bill, makes abortions illegal um, after the heartbeat can be detected. It also allows private citizens to sue abortion providers or anyone else who assists in a woman getting an abortion, and they can be sued for up to $10,000. The idea, the fee-shifting mechanism, as it's called, was designed to protect that law from judicial review, and that would circumvent the Supreme Court's old Roe versus Wade. Now, Roe versus Wade, of course, has been overturned. So a lot of these laws that were passed to try to prevent abortions from happening prior to the overturning of Roe v. Wade, um, now they're on the state level, and this is what we've got. Well, it's interesting because Governor Newsom said, okay, well, here, days after the Supreme Court ruled that the law could go, remain in effect, he said, here's the deal. California will have a gun law that creates a private right of action for citizens to sue gun manufacturers who make assault weapons and the so-called ghost guns, uh, the guns that basically are manufactured illegally and sold on the black market. And you can sue them for $10,000. He said, look, I mean, this it's virtually identical to the Texas law, but what Justice Benitez wrote or Judge Benitez wrote, was that California's law goes even further. He said that the gun control statute denies a prevailing plaintiff attorney's fees. Further, Benitez emphasized that the only, Cal- only the California measure applies to laws affecting a clearly enumerated constitutional right set forth in our nation's founding documents. In other words, he said, look, we have the Second Amendment, which says you have the right to bear arms. So you can't use the abortion thing. There is no constitutional amendment to procure the right to abortion. I mean, th- this is so it's, it's not an apples to apples comparison. Now, what's interesting about this case is that Governor Newsom now is saying, good. I mean, quite frankly, 
This is Newsom's statement. He says, I believe that it's, it's well, uh, the governor's office said it's hypocritical to block the state's gun law and then permitting the Texas abortion measure to stand. Uh, so there's the governor's statement. I want to thank Judge Benitez. We've been saying all along that Texas's anti-abortion law is outrageous. Judge Benitez just confirmed it's also unconstitutional. The provision in California law that he struck down is a replica of what Texas did. And his explanation of why this part of SP 1327, the California law, unfairly blocks access to courts applies equally to Texas's SB 8. There is no longer any doubt that Texas's cruel anti-abortion law should also be struck down. I'm curious by the governor's statement. I'm curious at the governor's statement because, quite frankly, I, I don't think he read the opinion properly. I mean, I'm not an attorney. And I'm sure Gavin Newsom has more of a legal background, at least in college, than I do. But just in reading the opinion and seeing the comparison, what the judge is saying is, no, you don't have an apples to apples comparison. So the California law is unconstitutional because it violates part of the Second Amendment. But the Texas law is constitutional. And especially now that even federal law, Roe versus Wade being overturned, Planned Parenthood versus Casey being overturned, federal law supports the Texas law more than the Constitution supports the California law. So I, it's, it's going to go to trial. I'm I mean, sure it'll go to appeal. And I'm sure Governor Newsom would love for this to go to the Supreme Court, where he's going to find a majority of Constitution-loving Supreme Court justices who are going to side in favor of the Constitution. So I'm not quite sure why Governor Newsom is calling this a victory, uh, but nonetheless, it is. So we'll put the link up at thebottomlineshow.com. And again, that the idea... I mean, this is, it's so sinister, um, but it, it kind of reminds me of the case that Father Frank Pavone is dealing with, you know, in terms of the fact that he was defrocked, you know, the, the struck down by the, uh, the Catholic Church because of taking an aborted fetus and placing that baby on an altar in a Catholic cathedral, a Catholic church, and then doing a video of it and saying, well, this is in essence what the Catholic Church is doing. And all of a sudden he gets reprimanded. Well, think about what's happening here. I've seen a meme, it's a very powerful one, with regard to the sanctity of human life. And the question is asked, if abortionists were required to terminate the pregnancy, using their terms, using a gun instead of a solution or a couple of pills, how many abortion rights activists would actually be supporting abortion? You think of the number of states that have fetal heartbeat bills, that have bills that treat the, I mean, think of California here, the Lacey Peterson law where Lacey and Connor, her pre-born son, uh, were murdered by Scott Peterson, uh, her husband, uh, Connor's dad. And it was a double homicide. It was a double homicide because not only did Lacey lose her life, but so did Connor. And to acknowledge that the pre-born child has uh, personhood, if you will, is huge. It's part of the reason why we love our campaign with preborn, And we got three more gifts yesterday, and we're still working on uh, raising enough money to get that ultrasound machine. And Dennis Wilson's matching gift is still in place. Um, we are about a third of the way to our goal of $7,500 for this uh, new ultrasound machine. It's 15000 for the ultrasound machine, and Dennis has put up 7500 along with one of his colleagues, Jeff Wood. So we raised the other 7500 That unlocks yet another ultrasound machine. And when a woman goes to a preborn clinic, a clinic that preborn is affiliated with, then what happens is she sees the ultrasound after getting a pregnancy test, something she won't get in an abortion clinic. The abortion clinic may have a pregnancy test for her to pay for, to buy, but they, they'll do an ultrasound for their purposes, 
not for hers, not for her benefit. They won't show her. As a matter of fact, Planned Parenthood says, we won't show you the ultrasound images because it's, quote, unquote, too traumatizing to the mother. What could be traumatic about seeing the picture of her preborn child in the womb? And yet, how many women on the left believe that? How many young college-educated women on the left voted for that in the last midterm election? Your donation of any amount right now to preborn will be doubled by Dennis Wilson's matching gift to get us over the hump to get this other ultrasound machine in place. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229. You can also give a gift online, but you go to kbrightradio.com and you go to crawfordmediagroup.net. There are preborn banners there. Uh, please click the banner and make your best donation because, quite frankly, this is that time. <laughs> this is that time when uh, you can see the ramping up. States like California, Michigan, Colorado, uh, Vermont, Connecticut are all going full speed ahead with trying to nationalize abortion. This is the time when a woman's right to see her preborn child is being threatened like no other time. And our friends at Preborn are doing the best they can to help make that uh, reality, still a reality for women. 83% of the women who come to a preborn clinic and see the ultrasound, they say, that's my child, that's my son, that's my daughter. I'm either going to give birth and raise this child or give birth and release this child for adoption. Your gift makes that possible for more ultrasounds. Every $28 is an ultrasound and a life saved. Every $15,000 is a new ultrasound machine that could do 250 ultrasounds a year for at least 10 years. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. Give your best gift right now before the end of the year and have that tax deduction on your taxes for 2022. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com and find the preborn banner. The holiday season can be stressful, especially for men, especially for guys who are supposed to hold it all together, especially for the family where maybe a daughter's going to come home for Christmas over the break and say, hey, guess what, guys, I'm pregnant. Now what? Uh, Ken Harrison is the CEO and chairman of Promise Keepers. He's written a book on having a, a daring faith in a cowardly world. And on the other side of this break, Ken's going to join me. We're going to talk about how important it is for men in particular to be able to hold things together emotionally, spiritually, and be the presence that their family needs to do the right thing, if you will, especially during this holiday season. Ken Harrison of Promise Keepers joining me next as the bottom line continues. Bless your children with the help you've always wanted to give them. Newport Bay Mortgage works with your unique circumstances to explain the benefits of a reverse mortgage in today's market. Act now and provide for your family in need by gifting them a fraction of the fruits of your labor. With Newport Bay Mortgage, you can clarify the advantages of a reverse mortgage in your specific situation with professional insights on the current market. Sharing the rewards of a reverse mortgage is a valuable act of service that helps your loved ones Establish valuable financial security for the future. Use the gift from your home to contribute towards God's work and plans by blessing your family in need with real financial help. Make up your mind today to make a difference in the lives of those who mean the most to you. Start by calling Newport Bay Mortgage at 714-741-8080. 714-741-8080. Visit kbrightradio.com slash reverse or NMLS 3329-59. Newport Bay Mortgage is an equal opportunity housing lender. 
Well, with the holiday fast approaching, and I say the holiday meaning the holiday, of course, we can say Christmas here on the Bottom Line Show, uh, it, there's a good possibility that you may be fussing and fretting about all the different preparations that need to be done. But then there's also the issue of your mental health, especially if you are dad and the head of the household. Ken Harrison is the CEO of Promise Keepers and the author of the recent book, A Daring Faith in a Cowardly World, Living a Life Without Waste, Regret, or Anything Unfinished, which we have up at thebottomlineshow.com. Brought Ken back on the program here today to talk about uh, mental health, especially for men during the holidays. Ken Harrison, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Thanks, Roger. Yeah, you know, that mental health thing, it's funny. I remember, you know, back when I was on the LAPD uh, 30 years ago, it was just something you never talked about. You talk about stress and trauma and seeing horrible things. And yet, um, I even remember when I left the LAPD, they all told me, well, I should take a, quote, psycho pension because of all the shootings mm-hmm. I'd been in. You know, we, mm-hmm. Instead of calling it PTSD or something, we called it psycho. So I think we've we've come some, some distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice to see. Um, you know, it's interesting. Mental health, though, does impact men, I think, differently than women. I mean, you, you've noted the number of uh, opportunities more men com- are attempting and committing suicide than women. And shoot, even in the headlines, we see about uh, uh, the guy they called T-Witch, uh, Stephen Boss, you know, and I don't know what his faith journey was, but uh, uh, taking his own life and it just rattling through, I mean, all aspects. People, I, I'm talking about 75-year-old white women that I've known forever who are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this poor young guy. But I mean, this time of year, there's a lot more pressure. I mean, it seems like, and I, I talk about what it, what it's like, you know, it, not only as a police officer, but now as chairman and CEO of Promise Keepers, the men that you're working with in this outstanding ministry to kind of help us kind of keep our mind right in addition to keeping our footing straight and solid during the holiday season. Yeah, and you quoted, I mean, the numbers are actually astounding. There's 127 suicides a day in the United States of America, and 80% of those are middle-aged men. Wow. 80%. And I think, you know, there's a couple of reasons, but I, I would I would lay it at the foot of two of them. The first is that men are losing their identity. I mean, who are they? And in this time mm-hmm. of cultural shifting, and some of it is complete insanity. Um, but we, we ask, well, what's my role? Who am I? And then the second thing is, our inability to really talk about it. Um, men in this day and age, unfortunately, are not very well read. They're not tapped into good resources, and they don't feel like they can talk about the fact that um, there's something not right in me, and I need to talk to somebody. And the question is, well, who am I going to talk to? Because one of the things we're, we're solving our promise keepers is this epidemic of the friendless American male. Very mm. few men have any real friends. It's incredible when you think about how many people there are in the world. And I was just reading a CNN article earlier today. Why are you know men dropping out of the workforce? Why are they? Well, I don't know. They're being they're, they're dropping out. It sounds like they're being pushed out, forced out, or maybe just kind of you know lulled out of it. But you have to wonder, you know, what kind of connections that we used to have even in the workplace and how that even leads to it. You know, you mentioned the the fraternity, if you will, of uh, the Brotherhood of Police Officers. And and I, I think I know all the people I know in the broadcast world are guys. You know, I mean, so that's the I mean, I know some women, too, obviously. But I mean, my my closest friends are these guys. Uh, you recently held a summit called Carried with mm-hmm. Promise Keepers. Talk mm-hmm. talk about what the goal of that was. It was really you know, the Promise Keepers. um Many people remember us from the 90s with the huge stadium events, and we've had some of those and have been very successful. But we realized that really the long-term goal of Promise Keepers is to get men into relationship and get them good discipleship material. And so we've really been looking for what is it that is very difficult to find um, for men in church or in, in literature. And 
Um, you know, we had a, a really amazing event on sexual integrity last May, and, and anybody mm-hmm. can get any of these, by the way. So you just download our app in the app store, or you go to promisekeepers.org. They're one hour long. They're very well done. But the the uh, we had 250,000 people watch the sexual integrity event, and we had wow. 5,000 men go through healing 30-day challenge on getting free from pornography. And, and mm. 30. I mean, when I say 5,000 men actually got free and are still free, the carried is, is in a similar vein. But it's on mental health, and it's really um, most every human being has had trauma in their life at some point, especially when they were younger. And Satan will immediately grab a hold of that trauma and then try to make you take your identity from that trauma. This, this right. is who you are. You did this. And then he will take every opportunity to continue to remind you of this is who you are. And so there's no shame in saying, I'm a new creature of Jesus Christ. My identity is not in my sin. My identity is in being a son or a daughter of the Most High God. But then we need to go back and go, but there are some things in my brain I have that are not right and that the devil is talking into. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Mm-hmm. But you have to start to be aware of those areas where he's got open wounds in you. And so the carried thing for an hour long, and then there is a 21-day challenge for the, the people who really want to delve more deeply into it that they can get on our app to go through because it's eye-opening. I mean, for me personally— I had no idea until I watched our own event. Um, I, I, I don't know, you might, Roger, you might have thought the same thing, but to me, same-sex attraction and gay were the same thing. Well, I didn't mm. realize that there is a tremendous amount of children, men and women, who are sexually traumatized, attacked when they're young. And when boys are sexually attacked, uh, as young boys, almost all of them will grow up with some kind of same-sex attraction. doesn't mean they're gay, they're married, mm-hmm. they don't want right. to have any of that. But there's something in them from that trauma that really struggles. And so we've, we've gotten them help on that. And, you know, try to try to talk about that to a friend at church. Right. <laughs> right. Know? Oh, yeah. So we got to get that help. Yeah. Ken Harrison is with me today here on The Bottom Line, chairman and CEO of Promise Keepers. Uh, go to promisekeepers.org forward slash carried if you want information on the uh, uh, carried event. And then, of course, the other uh, events that they have ha- have hosted. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. I remember meeting Dennis Jernigan, a great worship leader for a number of years, and, and he wrote very openly about um, his struggle with same-sex attraction and homosexuality. And the biggest trauma that he shared was, well, the first big trauma, he was sexually assaulted when he was five, and that kind of put those seeds in motion. But then it was when he went to the church, and he was looking for help in the church he was serving at at the time, and it turned out that the leader that he went to for help actually turned out to be a sexual predator and started to try to victimize him again. And I thought, so to your point about try to bring this up in the church, you know, whether it's men with same-sex attraction or women for that matter who have that, or women who are post-abortive. It's amazing to me, Ken, and I'd love to get your take on this here. Um, It's amazing to me how many things that Jesus died to forgive us of and deliver us from. In the church, we're kind of like, not so fast there, pal. (laughs) You know, talk talk about why, oh, you got same-sex attraction, but we need to have a conversation. Talk about how, I mean, the new Promise Keepers, I mean, God bless Bill McCartney and everyone who did the stadium events. It was wonderful, but I think our understanding of masculinity in the church was a lot different in 1992 than it is in 2022. You know, um, and 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 that cuts both ways. And I I know when you say that, and a lot of people will, with their own preconceived notions, leap to a conclusion. But you know, one of the things we've been preaching a lot at Promise Keepers is when when Christ says, "If you see your brother in sin, confront him, and if he and if he repents, forgive him, and if he sins against you seven times a day, forgive him seven times a day." Mm -hmm. Well, there's two sides to that. 
we, we get in our modern-day church the forgiveness, I should forgive him over and over again, yes. But what's the first part? Confront him. Right. And so we need to be able to have the conversation in love, but also staying to Scripture. What, is, what does Scripture say about this? Okay, now that we know what Scripture says, now we can deal with it in eternal patience, in eternal love, because every one of us is a sinner. And I don't happen to struggle with that area in my life. I don't happen to have been sexually assaulted when I was a kid. So I thank mm-hmm. the Lord for that. But now I need to have endless patience for the person who is struggling with that. But patience is they're repentant and seeking to get better. Not patience if they say, well, that's who I am, and you're just going to have to accept me. No. Christ mm-hmm. died to save sinners. He said, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. So we help each other repent. We hold each other up. And, and, and we have to be able, as men especially, to be able to confront sin. But then we have an endless amount of patience because but there but for the grace of God go I. Right, right, right. And there, there never, I think, in God's economy, there is never a point where you say, okay, sorry, you've run out. I mean, we, we, no, there's no more forgiveness favors here left. You know, I mean, that's, it's not biblical to do that, especially if the heart is right. And if there is uh, that level of uh, repentance, the turning away from where you can see it happening. If there isn't, of course, obviously, there's a there's a model for that in Scripture as well. Uh, Ken Harrison, my guest today here on The Bottom Line, chairman of CEO of Promise Keepers. Uh, he's the author of a book called A Daring Faith in a Cowardly World, uh, Living Life Without Waste, Regret, or Anything Left Unfinished. And we've got a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com as well. I'm going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, I'm going to talk about, okay, the holidays and how many times men find their anger, frustration, loneliness, or whatever magnified dramatically because you've got, you know, dysfunction in the home or you've got a broken marriage and you're trying to navigate that. How do we as men stand up for our spouses and our kids in a godly way uh, without... uh, you know, trying to blow up everything at Christmas family dinner. We'll talk about that with Ken Harrison of Promise Keepers in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Well, Dennis Wilson is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, 800-696-9970 or go to wilson-financial.com. There are a lot of people who have been really taking a bath when it comes to stocks this year, stock market off 25% in some segments, but yet you have a new program that's really designed to help somebody in that situation earn some of that loss back. It's obviously designed to do exactly that. It's a very limited offer on a 16% guaranteed return on your account in an account that in the next two years can never go down. It is a great vehicle to help people who have lost money because of the way the market is. But there is a time limit, is there not, Dennis Wilson? People have to act now. The 4th of January, you have an additional, I think, 30 or 60 days to get the funds in because some of these IRA accounts take a while to move. But yes, the initial application and declaration that you want to start the account needs to be signed by 1423. Well, this is a golden opportunity. Go to wilson-financial.com, 800-696-9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and hopefully you're getting some good tips. Uh, ladies, for the guys in your world and men, uh, this is how we survive the holiday season. We want to thrive. We want to do just more than survive. Uh, Ken Harrison is the chairman and CEO of Promise Keepers. We've got a link for promisekeepers.org up at the Bottom Line Show. Dot com, some great resources to help you through. And one of them is Ken's book called A Daring Faith in a Cowardly World, Live a Life Without Waste, Regret, or Anything Unfinished. We've got a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we've got a copy to give away. I'll give you the phone number right now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. 
Um, recently, uh, Promise Keepers, our friends at Promise Keepers, uh, hosted an event, and I want to share a little bit about it because it, it, I think it's one of those things that would help a lot of people in the body of Christ um, take a look at themselves from a slightly different perspective. Right now, let's face it, the, the, the Promise Keepers identity for a lot of guys is stand in the gap, you know, reach different generations for the Lord and 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 watch the carried event that happened just recently um the things that they're doing with regard to mental health the things they're doing regarding sexual purity uh, you heard ken mention that uh the uh, uh the last course that they offered had 250,000 guys participate and over 5,000 of them are not only standing um in the gap <laughs> but they're also um the, you know looking out for good mental health uh, the carried uh, program. You can sign up and watch it for free at promisekeepers.org forward slash carried. There are a lot of guys who are experiencing loneliness right now. And the holidays just kind of exacerbate that because all these people are hanging around and you've got family members that you do like and some that you don't like. And, you know, maybe your wife's looking at you kind of funny and you've got that expectation level that's sitting on your shoulders and, and you don't really know what's the best way to uh, to move forward. And there's a really good reason for that. It's because your dad didn't show you. And the reason he didn't is because no one showed him. <laughs> you know, you might have grown up in a home where dad was, he wasn't even around. But chances are the holidays work the best if there's a lot of stuff to do, but nobody ever really has to interact with each other. And you know the beautiful thing about the message of Christmas is that the exact opposite is true. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to have relationship with us, to walk the earth with us, to let us literally kind of walk in his sandals and see he had a job. He worked as a carpenter. He evangelized. He taught. He prophesied. He, he led people to him. And he did so in a way that was relational. Uh, don't miss the relational part of Christmas, this Christmas season. That's good news. And that is the bottom line. For those who remain on the network, my conversation with Ken Harrison continues on the other side of this break. KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day. And Rabbi Schneider, Discovering the Jewish Jesus. And you can catch the Bottom Line Show Extra tonight at 7. But for those who remain on the network, there's more in just a moment as the Bottom Line continues. Roger Marsh here. Just want to take a moment to thank you for the outstanding support that you've shown to our friends at Preborn. Up to this point, we have a remarkable report to share with you. Uh, Preborn last year placed 25 ultrasound machines in pregnancy health centers all over the country. And this year, they're going to add one more. Thanks to bottom line listeners, you have raised over $15,000 for the purpose of putting an ultrasound machine in a pregnancy health center. But there's more. You've also raised enough money to save the lives of 240 babies. That's right. Their moms come into a preborn clinic. For every 100 women who come in, 83 will have an ultrasound and see the baby's image and decide, oh my gosh, that's my son, that's my daughter. They hear the heartbeat and they get excited either to become new parents or to become parents who will release those children for adoption. Your $28 donation makes this possible. A $280 donation means that 10 babies' lives are saved. $2,800 will save 100 babies. $1,400 will save 50. Now give us a call at 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or go to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com today. You'll see a pre-born banner. Click on that banner and make your donation. It takes less than 28 seconds to make a $28 donation that will save a baby's life. Contact Preborn right now. 
Ken Harrison is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Ken is the chairman and CEO of Promise Keepers. Promisekeepers.org has some great resources for you, resources for you, especially during the holidays, especially for men, as uh, Ken's doing a wonderful job with this ministry, kind of reimagining it, if you will, re-envisioning it, and the work they're doing helping men with sexual purity and mental clarity is just is really remarkable. We also have a link for his book, A Daring Faith in a Cowardly World, up at thebottomlineshow.com, Live a Life Without Waste, Regret, or Any thing unfinished. Ken, before the break, we were talking about the holiday season, especially as it pertains to Christmas gatherings. And we know that right now, most families are in the thick of who are we going to see? When are we going to see them? And how many of us are actually going to be in the room? And uh, I think of a, uh, a situation, I'll, I'll use this as kind of a launching point for us. Years ago, I worked with a, uh, at a nonprofit ministry with a woman who's she and her husband have been heavily involved in the Salvation Army, really strong family of faith. And they had three children. Uh, two of their kids were walking with the Lord. And the third, a son, was living with his girlfriend. He was tending bar somewhere. He just he was he was kind of on the on the fringe. They were all civil with each other, but everybody else was coming in from out of town for Christmas. And when he contacted his mom and said, "Hey, I want to come see you guys at Christmas," and mom said, "Okay, that's fine, but if you bring the girlfriend's name, uh, you'll need to get a motel because you can't spend the night here." And that led them to five years of silence and, you know, ghosting and all that other stuff. But she, I, I asked her if you had a chance to do it over again, would you? And she said, absolutely. He knows the rules in our home. Um, how do we as men navigate situations like that in a godly way, trying to keep the peace, but at the same time understanding that some guys just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to Cabo. You guys figure out Christmas. I don't want to have to deal with this. <laughs> well, um, well, that's it. There's a lot to that question. Let me see if I can give a good answer in a short amount of time. We are responsible for our families as men. And uh, I had a friend of a much more simple situation where the family was visiting for Christmas. And when he got done saying grace every night, she would say namaste. And hmm. he's like, you know, what, what would you do? I said, I would say, we pray to Christ. Namaste is a false religion. And you don't say that in my home. Mm -hmm. you know, so, if you do it again, you're gone. So um, we have to make our decisions on what battles do we want to pick. For me, right. if I had two little girls like he did, namaste, unacceptable at the end of praying Jesus Christ in our household. But other people go, oh, big deal. It's just a word. Mm -hmm. So I think um, if anybody takes anything out of this interview, what they want to remember, I would remember this quote, which is, the only cure for anxiety is contribution. The only cure for anxiety is contribution. You get into family situations, and the problem is so much tension is because we refuse to acknowledge the identity of people as they are today. And so families right. bring baggage. And so there's nothing more traumatizing if you're a 40-year-old man and you go to you know, dinner with your parents who are 70, and they go, you know, well, you know, gee, you have a real temper problem. Well, I, you know, I had a temper problem when I was 13, but right. now I'm 40, and right. I've changed, yeah. right? And, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you get so mad that they're doing that, that you do lose your temper and they go, see, so <laughs> we have all this interplay. Yeah. So we have to, we have to remember that we are who we are today and we don't bring up past. I mean, Satan is a great accuser. So we don't bring up past sins and we don't accuse other people and we never, ever slander anybody. And we also acknowledge other people where they are because they may have struggled and they may have done bad things, but we come together as a family and we recognize where people are today in this moment. And that right there brings a lot of peace. And then when you say, well, I'm gritting my teeth because of this or that, or Aunt Mabel has a way of, of really saying things to be insulting, the only cure for anxiety is contribution. 
if, if things are intense, what can I do to contribute to the situation to build people up to make peace in that way? But at the same time, by having standards, if it's my house, there are standards in my house. In my house, one wouldn't say namaste after the prayer and, and be okay with that, right? But mm-hmm. the people have to make their decision. But I would say to men, there is something that happened at the very beginning, the fall of mankind, when Eve bit the fruit and handed it to Adam, and he passively sat by and did nothing. There's something in men that if things get miserable enough, they just check out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go watch football. I'm going to go read a book, whatever. That is not who we are as men are to be. We need to be proactive with our family because the whole family needs to look to the patriarch for peace right. and encouragement and truth. Right. You know, it's interesting. Ken Harrison is with me today here on The Bottom Line, the chairman and CEO of Promise Keepers. And we're talking about uh, what men can do to not only uh, love our family through holiday drama and dysfunction, but also take care of your own mental health in the process. Uh, The idea that guys, I think, and I'm not saying that this is an excuse, but it's a reality. We want to be able to solve a problem. And if a problem confronts us, uh, is confronted by us that we don't have an answer for, oftentimes we do go quiet. You know, all of a sudden it's what bowl game's mm-hmm. on because I can solve that problem. I'll just find the channel. You know, that's that's not too hard. Uh, we've got a couple minutes left in our conversation, Ken. I'd love for you to kind of lay out a, uh, a kind of a, a foundation, if you would, not only for guys, but for the women who are listening as well who are saying, you know, every time of the holidays, it feels like I have to do all the planning. I have to do all the everything. And my husband just kind of sits by and I kind of feel exposed. I kind of feel like I'm I'm out there mm-hmm. and my in-laws might come after me or something like that. And I just, I'd, I'd like to go to the Bahamas myself. What, what, what can we as husbands and wives do? You mentioned, you know, wanting to contribute. What are some good ways that we can contribute in the peacemaking process during the holidays? Yeah, that's really good. The first thing I would say is, um, one of the best ways to solve problems is to listen and shut your mouth. Huh. You know, I mean, really so often people just need someone to talk to. And I'll tell you what, if you really want to be a father, a husband, or a, whatever family member relationship you are, and really be encouraging people, listen and, and don't need to rush forward with a, with a, a suggestion. Number two, the most valuable words in a relationship for any husband or father is I'm sorry. Right. I, I acknowledge that you've screwed up, that you're human, that you love somebody and that you're going to do better. But I tell you, there's something that reiterates the love and the vulnerability and the trueness of a relationship and also the leadership capacity. I tell you, I've, um, as you know, I've been the CEO of many major companies and organizations. I have been at the, at the top of leadership in every way. And I, I'm quick to say to people when I screw up, hey, I'm really sorry. I wish I could have done that better and I've learned my lesson. So there's that as a father. Boy, it's, it's such a healing solve for women. Um, men do tend to be that way. I mean, often a lot of guys can be very insensitive. They can be narcissistic and sometimes well, what's going on. And I would say when you confront, and this is good for either person, but we're, we're talking specific to this, always give somebody room for escape. That is to say just yesterday, someone called and said, I need, I desperately need your counsel. I was promised by somebody a check for my ministry of $10,000. And when I went to pick up the check, his wife gave me a check for a thousand dollars. What should I do? Mm. Mm. And I said, well, you need to, you need to communicate. Many things might have happened, but when you communicate, don't say, Hey, you said you were going to give me 10,000. You only gave me a thousand. What gives? What you do say is when we were communicating, I thought you said you were going to give me 10,000, but it was a thousand. Did I misunderstand? So you've Mm. given that person Mm -hmm. room. You're not accusing. So for a wife, I think a great way to say is, you know, when I am doing this and that and the other, and I'm, 
I made the food and I'm washing dishes and you're sitting there watching TV or cutting it up with everybody else. I don't feel my time is valued. Um, could there be some ways that you could contribute that would help me? And mm-hmm. most men who are worth a darn are going to get that message loud and clear, right. but, but try not to give accusations. And again, that's, that's good for either person, but you specifically asked about that. When you confront, don't do it with a pointed finger, do it with a question and always give someone a room because you may just may not have gotten the situation. And this comes from an ex ghetto cop. You may <laughs> think you understand a situation, but you don't until you get all the information. Right. Right. Listen more than you lecture. And, uh, and, and even too, what I'm hearing you say, Ken Harrison is for husbands and wives, especially with the holidays, uh, to have that conversation before Christmas Eve, you know, have that dialogue. So you, it's because I mean, yeah. and, and I know it's, it, we're kind of chuckling about it, but let's face it. Christmas comes up every year at the same time. And a lot of the same problems show up and we know they're there, but for some reason we've kind of closed our eyes and covered our ears. We hope that they won't show up. And then this year when they do, it's wow, you know, I don't want to have to deal with it. It sounds like what you're saying is have that conversation ahead of time so that you're not having the argument under, you know, hushed, whispered tones, frustrated in the kitchen while everybody else is around watching the whole situation unravel. And, you know, this is where, you know, guys get frustrated with me because they want me as the head of promise keepers to, you know, defend the men and all that stuff. But that's not my role. My, my role is um, you as the leader, you get to be the most humble. Do not mm-hmm. make accusations. What can I do to make peace? What can I do to make things better? And I'm not mm-hmm. keeping score. If I'm doing more than everybody else, great. Let them see my example in Christ. So, um, and, you know, here's my last piece of advice. Put on Christmas vacation. And don't be cousin Eddie. You know? <laughs> chill out, that, man. Just chill yeah, out. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Words of wisdom from the CEO and chairman of Promise Keepers, Ken Harrison. Ken, great to catch up with you. And thank you for these great words of wisdom about men and mental health and leadership through the holidays. Don't forget Ken Harrison's book is called, his most recent book, is A Daring Faith in a Cowardly World. Live a life without waste, regret, or anything unfinished. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Ken, thanks for being with us today. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from all of us here Merry at The Bottom Christmas. Line. Merry Christmas. Thank you. See you, Roger. Well, uh, thank you, Ken, and uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year to you and your family, and everybody at Promise Keepers from all of us here at The Bottom Line Show. I, I love Ken's ministry, and I love his approach to it, kind of rebooting something that is a uh, definitely a, a fan favorite, as it were. Uh, Ken's brand new book is called A Daring Faith in a Cowardly World. Live a life without waste, regret, or anything unfinished. We have two copies of the book to give away. When you give us a call, Crystal and Teresa are standing by at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 That is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You're going to love this book. Uh, people are enjoying it. They're benefiting from it. The reality is, you know, we look at the world around us, we see what's happening in the culture, we see that there's more discrimination against Christians. I'm quick to point out that the level of religious persecution in the U.S. is still relatively low, but discrimination, it's up there. And it's amazing how many people are finally starting to wake up and understand what's happening here. Um, That's why it is really kind of daring, if you will, for us to live as people of faith in the world that we're in right now. And I'm grateful that um, guys like Ken Harrison are standing in the gap and modeling for us Christian men uh, what it means to have that daring kind of faith, the faith that's going to challenge the conventional norm, that's going to 
uh, that's just going to really, I think, revolutionize the culture. And it, it, here's the thing. It's not going to stop the Lord's return. If anything, it's going to hasten it. And so, yes, it's going to be challenging. Yes, it's going to be, you know, daunting. But we have the we have the tools. Jesus already won the war. So for every battle we fight, we bring that banner uh, over us and it, it, it leads us. So guys, let's be the ones who have the daring faith in 2023. Uh, Ken Harrison's book uh, li- literally sets the way for us. It gives us a blueprint, a daring faith in a cowardly world, live a life without waste, regret, or anything unfinished. We have a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com as well as a link for promisekeepers.org. You can learn more about uh, the Promise Keepers uh, programs that are available to you. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we continue, got some really good news. Talk about someone standing in the gap for us. The uh, uh, special announcement handed out by our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom just last week that is going to bring some light on something that this is a truly remarkable development. Because of what we saw during the COVID pandemic, during the COVID pandemic, the number of people who were, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, who were taking medications uh, in the form of the vaccine that had was getting temporary approval and emergency approval, you know, it was a pretty significant amount. But a group of other people who were trying to take certain medications that had approval for one use to get them approved for the use of fighting off the effects of COVID once you got it, uh, well, that was a different story. The FDA was in a big, no, can't do that, hasn't been approved for this, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what if I told you there's a certain level of hypocrisy in the Food and Drug Administration and the Centers for Disease Control? You wouldn't be too surprised. But not just with COVID medication, not just with transgender medication, but with a new form of medication that is being touted as the solution for ending unplanned pregnancies. We're going to talk about a new lawsuit brought by our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom challenging the Food and Drug Administration and chemical abortion drugs. We're going to talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, Dennis Wilson is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, 800-696-9970 or go to wilson-financial.com. There are a lot of people who have been really taking a bath when it comes to stocks this year. Stock market off 25% in some segments. But yet you have a new program that's really designed to help somebody in that situation earn some of that loss back. It's obviously designed to do exactly that. It's a very limited offer on a 16% guaranteed return on your account in an account that in the next two years can never go down. It is a great vehicle to help people who have lost money because of the way the market is. But there is a time limit, is there not, Dennis Wilson? People have to act now. The 4th of January, you have an additional, I think, 30 or 60 days to get the funds in because some of these IRA accounts take a while to move. But yes, the initial application and declaration that you want to start the account needs to be signed by 1-4-23. Well, this is a golden opportunity. Go to wilson-financial.com, 800-696-9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and I have huge news to share with you. Um, if you have been listening to The Bottom Line Show for any length of time, you know how much I appreciate the sanctity of human life. Uh, I talk about it a lot. There are lots of different aspects of it. Of course, our friends at Preborn are very near and dear to my heart, and we are still taking your donations at 833-850-BABY. We are a couple thousand dollars away from reaching our target goal of raising another $7,500 that will unlock a match from Dennis Wilson and his colleague Jeff Wood. They've already put up the first $7,500 for a new ultrasound machine to go into a pregnancy health center that is run by our friends at Preborn. Now, this is huge. 
for a couple different reasons. First and foremost, when a woman sees an ultrasound, 83% of the time she sees the ultrasound images of her child and hears the heartbeat, she makes a decision to keep life, either to be a mom or to uh, release the child for adoption. The left is scrambling. They are, they're desperate to stop ultrasound technology from ha- taking place. The same ultrasounds that are used to uh, spot tumors and do kind of MRI type of imaging and actually save lives, when it comes to identifying a human baby in the womb, the left doesn't want that. As a matter of fact, they've gone so far as to say now that that heartbeat is not really a heartbeat. They call it cardiac activity. I kid you not. They don't want to refer to a late-term abortion because that just sounds so mean and sinister. And call it cardiac activity. So that means that there's something in the heart region that's moving, but it's not really a heartbeat because they know when you hear a heartbeat, that means you have to identify that person as a living human being. In the same way, if your heart stops beating, you become no longer a person. But there's another part of this too. Every time a state passes a law banning abortion, typically abortion is defined as woman gets into the table, puts her legs in the stirrups, doctor proceeds to induce the abortion and winds up removing the fetal tissue, et cetera, et cetera. There's been a huge move over the past decade to get away from what we would refer to as surgical abortions and replace them with what are called so-called medical abortions. The idea with the medical abortion is there are two different pills that are taken. One is called mifepristone or mifepristone, and the other is called misoprostol. The first drug, mifepristone, literally starves the child in the womb. Once the child now has lost his or her life because they got no nourishment, the second drug is taken and that drug induces the abortion to basically get the baby's body out of the mother's womb. That's how the abortion pill works. Now, what they'll tell you, if you've ever seen the movie Unplanned, sometimes, not always, but sometimes having a medical abortion, as they call it, can be painful and you've got cramps and there's a lot of bleeding. It's just, it's not pretty. But it's amazing how we're being told that it's safe and easy. You get the pill, you have the abortion. Texas is a textbook case of why changing the law doesn't necessarily make things that much better. Remember the heartbeat bill that was passed in August 2021? The Texas heartbeat bill made it a crime for an abortionist to perform an abortion if an ultrasound or just a simple OBGYN visit detected the heartbeat. If the heartbeat was picked up, that was then determined to be a living, breathing human being, complete with heartbeat, and you can't perform an abortion. Now, there are going to be ways around that, obviously, at abortion clinics and other places like that. But another way around that as well is to say, well, they can't perform an abortion in Texas, but what if you live in a different state, you're the doctor, and that doctor prescribes these two pills I just described. And maybe the doctor's in Missouri. And you go online, you have a Zoom chat, they mail you the pills, and you perform the abortion at home. Well, technically, that's not covered by the Texas law. So here's what happened. The first year that Texas had its abortion, or uh, the heartbeat abortion law, 50,000 fewer people, 50,000 fewer women, I should say, had abortions. There were, the number of surgical abortions went down by 50,000. The number of medical abortions, pills handed out in Texas abortion clinics and surgical abortions down by 50,000. Great cause for rejoicing. During that same time period, the number of women who went outside the state 
to get a doctor or a medical facility in a different state to prescribe that medication, 40000 So as much as we celebrate the heartbeat bill eliminating abortion in Texas, basically people found a way around it. And that is what the Alliance Defending Freedom is going for right now. When you make a donation to preborn, $28 saves a baby's life because it provides an ultrasound. But when you make a donation to Alliance Defending Freedom, what you're doing is supporting the kind of activity I'm about to describe. A lawsuit was filed last week by against the FDA by Alliance Defending Freedom. This is the first time a suit like this has ever been filed. Want to know why? Remember during the epidemic or the pandemic rather, when there were people saying, hey, I got COVID, but then I took a Z-Pack and I got better. Or I took COVID and I took ivermectin and I got better. Or I took hydroxychloroquine and I got better. And all the left came after those people and said, you can't say that. You can't say it on Twitter and social media because those drugs have not been approved for this use. That's the key phrase. Those drugs not approved this use. Hydroxychloroquine is well known for years as being a treatment for malaria. People who get malaria come back into civilization Every year, they take a round of hydroxychloroquine. They're sick as a dog for a couple of days, but then they don't get malaria. The malaria never really leaves your body fully, so this is a way to just kind of manage it. Hydroxychloroquine is FDA approved to treat malaria, but it wasn't FDA approved to treat COVID. Now, that's kind of strange. Why not, in a case of emergency, give it a shot when so many doctors were trying it out? Well, because the FDA couldn't make any money off of it. Same with ivermectin, same with z I wound up taking uh, a medication to treat uh, pneumonia because I did have pneumonia, but a lot of people who just had COVID were getting the same treatment I did. So the FDA is now being sued by Alliance Defending Freedom because the two most dangerous chemical abortion drugs that are given in succession in a so-called medical abortion have never been studied for the use that they have. The FDA has never studied the safety of the drugs under the labeled conditions of use. They've ignored the potential impacts of the hormone-blocking regimen on the developing bodies of adolescent girls. They've disregarded substantial evidence that chemical abortion drugs cause more complications than surgical abortions. And they've eliminated necessary safeguards for pregnant girls and women who undergo this dangerous regimen. That is why. The Alliance Defending Freedom is representing a host of doctors and organizations to finally hold the FDA accountable. They are taking on the Biden administration and the FDA with a lawsuit that the first of its kind ever been filed. This is why we encourage the support of Alliance Defending Freedom. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and make your best donation today. A $100 gift will go a long way because you know that Alliance Defending Freedom does not charge its clients anything. They rely on the kindness of us, our, our support, to make this type of uh, uh, class action lawsuit a reality. Won't you consider making a donation, a one-time gift of $100 or $150, maybe a monthly donation of 75 Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net for more information, CrawfordMediaGroup.net. You can also call 877-367-6461, 877-367-6461. to donate now to Alliance Defending Freedom. A class action lawsuit being filed against the White House and the FDA right now as we speak that could potentially end medical abortions in the United States. 
877-367-6461 or go to crawfordmediagroup.net to make your best donation today. Some final thoughts in just a moment as the bottom line continues. You know, one of the things I love about the ministry of preborn is that in addition to the the actual practical things that we talk about, the fact that women come in for a free ultrasound and a free pregnancy test, and once they see that ultrasound, 83% of the time, a woman who sees the ultrasound and hears the baby's heartbeat for the first time is going to say, that's my son, that's my daughter, I can't wait to be a mom. Or they're going to say, wow, that is a baby that's just so beautiful, and I can't wait to release this child for adoption. Now, obviously, there's a third option that's legal in the People's Republic of California, but the beautiful thing about preborn is more hearts and minds are being changed by simply showing mom and dad the image of the baby. But it's more than just that. Of the 56,000 pregnancy tests that were given last year, of the 25,000 babies saved at preborn clinics just through the first six months of this year, do you know how many women are also giving their hearts to Jesus Christ? Nearly 200 women per week. That's over nearly five, more than 5,000 decisions for Christ this year alone. Pro-life, pro-baby, pro-mom, pro-gospel. We're saving more than just babies. We're saving souls with preborn. Your $28 donation makes that happen for one child. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-2229. Call now. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh and so grateful to be sharing this good news with you with regard to a lawsuit filed by the Alliance Defending Freedom against the Food and Drug Administration. If you didn't hear, this is breaking news. Uh, The FDA being sued by Alliance Defending Freedom because for the past 20 years, the medications that uh, the abortion industry has been using for so-called medical abortions, the two pills that are given in succession, one to starve the preborn child and the other to eliminate the body from the mother's womb, neither one of those drugs was ever tested for the kind of use that they have right now. As a matter of fact, the left has no trouble saying, hey, Lupron, No problem. That's something that we use for prostate cancer, but it's also something we can use as a hormone blocker for little boys to stop them from manufacturing testosterone and will pump their bodies full of estrogen and poof, they become girls. See, the left has no trouble. What's the the old saying? If it were for double standards, the left would have no standards at all. But this is a reality. Doctors being prosecuted, thrown in prison, left off of social media, practices shut down for having the audacity to suggest that ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and the like, which were approved for other purposes, could be used to treat COVID-19. They don't have FDA approval for this, so you're, you're spe- spreading hatred, and it's dangerous what you're saying. But for the past 22 years, the abortion industry has been using two drugs as a so-called medical abortion solution, and neither one of them had any FDA approval for that purpose? Oh, man. Alliance Defending Freedom, stepping all the way up, and I'm so grateful that we are encouraging your support of them. Give a gift of $100 or more right now here before the end of the year at CrawfordMediaGroup.net or call 877-367-6461. This is why we need men in the culture to step up, like Ken Harrison and I were talking about from Promise Keepers. This This is why guys need to stand in the gap for women, for children, uh, with regard to pregnancy. Women have been so brave and valiant in the abortion industry fight, and I encourage that to continue. But guys, if families are important to you, if fatherhood is important to you, this is a fight that every dad should be involved in, every grandpa too. That is the good news of the day, and that's the bottom line.